You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. It's Robin McMahon here. Welcome to another episode of Parenting Our Future. Today I have somebody really special who specializes in an area that we all need to know about and we all need to protect. I have Michael Kaplan here and he's a senior partner in the New York personal law firm DeCaro and Kaplan. He specializes in concussions and brain injuries. And this is something everybody needs to know because our kids are at risk and we're going to talk all about what they are and how to, you know, how to manage them and, and what it means. So I just want to tell you a little bit about how special my guest is though. Michael was invited by President Obama to participate in the 2014 White House White House Healthy Kids and Safe Sports Concussion Summit and serves as a member of the American Academy of Neurology Concussion Workgroup. He's also the chair of the New York State Traumatic Brain Surgery Services Coordination Council. You teach one of the only brain injury law classes in the country. Uh, Wow, Michael, you are a subject matter expert and then some. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for being here and talking to me about this really important issue. Robin, it's my pleasure to join you today. Yes, thank you. So, okay, let's just break it down. Like, why should we be concerned about concussions? Well, as parents, we need to be concerned about a concussion because a concussion is not just a ding, and it's not something that can we can just shake off. A concussion is a brain injury, and a concussion mm. can have lifelong consequences to the individual and to the individual's family. Um, It it has consequences uh, in educational activities that your child might might be participating in. It has mental health consequences in terms of the depression that your child might sustain. Uh, It has physical consequences and behavioral consequences as well that we we could get into today. but the consequences of a concussion are all serious and have to be treated seriously. Okay, so you know what I think. Uh, I think you're right. Like I think you said, it's it's not just a ding, right? And and I remember, you know, um, it's like, oh yeah, he just got his bell rung, no big deal, right? Well, actually, it is a big deal. And uh, and so, is there a point at which? you you separate uh, a concussion uh, category to a brain injury category, or really truly we're saying a concussion is a brain injury, period. No, a concussion is a brain injury, period. Now there are various different types of brain injuries that a person c- can have. And, and a concussion is just one of the many different types of brain injuries. Of course, there are other things such as fractured skulls that we might all be familiar with and bleeding with it in the brain, but a concussion is a form of a brain injury involving the stretching, the tearing, the um, injury to nerve fibers within that brain causing a whole host of problems. And and there's a reason that um, this develops and and it's not really difficult to to understand if we think about the brain itself and the skull. Because what we think of with with the skull is providing some good protection, 
against an injury when in fact it really doesn't uh, because the inside of the skull is not smooth. It has a lot of rough ridges and protrusions mm -hmm. and the brain is floating within the skull in what the medical profession calls cerebrospinal fluid, but we could think of as really the brain reacting within the skull like jello or mm -hmm. like a, and, uh, the yolk of an egg. When you shake it, you break it. And that's really that what happens to the brain within the skull. When, it, when you shake it, you break it. Those nerve fibers become torn, they become damaged, they become frayed. It's no different than what happens to your computer um, when, when everything gets all jumbled, jumbled up yeah. inside of it. Um, and these um, various types of damages to the brain, depending on what part of the brain is injured, controls different functions and has different implications for the individual. But yeah. they all potentially are very serious with potential lifetime consequences. So, um, so sometimes, uh, and, and I don't know if I'm right about this or not, so please correct me, um, but, but sometimes I'll, I'll see, and, and, and as, a, as a very stereotypical Canadian mother that I am with two boys, of course, they play hockey, soccer, baseball, you know, all the things. Um, you know, I have seen where sometimes a hit looks, uh, and I'm going to talk about hockey, right? They're wearing helmets, the whole thing, but a hit seems, you know, bad, um, but it doesn't seem to be a concussion, um, whereas sometimes a lighter tap can cause a concussion. So is there, is there something to be said about, like, it doesn't matter really what the force is of the, the blow or the hit, or, or am I out to lunch? I don't know. <laughs> Well, we all have as some, some misconceptions about concussion and how that can develop. The first misconception is that you need to hit your head in order to have a concussion when you don't. It's just can be caused by the shaking of the brain within the skull, within oh. the, of the movement of the brain within the skull. So you don't need to play as banging against the wall or checking each other for that con concussion to happen, although it can happen, of course, by, by hitting your head against an object or some object hit, hitting your head. So that's the first misconception. The second misconception is that the player needs to be knocked unconscious when they have a, in order to sustain a concussion. And that's just not, not true. We know that um, that's not necessary that a, a player um, or any individual um, who is dazed or confused um, yeah. should be suspected of having a concussion, um, being wobbly on your feet, being dizzy, seeing stars, um, complaining about headaches, sensitivity to sound or light. These are all nausea. These are all the common symptoms that develop soon after a, a concussion that we have to be concerned about, um, as well as some of the other cognitive problems that develop over time. But we also know that not all these symptoms that we're talking about develop at the same time. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, go ahead. So some of these symptoms happen within seconds or minutes, and some mm -hmm. symptoms happen within days or hours after, after a concussion. And we haven't talked about the memory problems or the concentration problems that, that can develop, but 
those kind of problems are just not apparent right away. Um, yeah. So, so sleep disorders might not be apparent right away and uh, doing more than one thing at the same time that might not be apparent right after a concussion, although um, certainly things like a headache or, or nausea might be. Um, okay. But a, a, a child or an adult doesn't need to have all of these symptoms. Not everybody has all the classic symptoms of a concussion. Um, so anytime a child develops any of these symptoms, we have to take this seriously. And since we're talking about sports today, hockey and other sporting activities, I think the most important takeaway is a simple saying. When in doubt, keep them out. Oh, I love it. When in doubt, keep them out. Good one. So when you even suspect that this child had a concussion, the safest course of action would be not to allow them to return to play until they've been properly cleared by a competent medical professional. If it means keeping them out for the rest of the game, so be it. It's yeah. only a game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and their brain is something for a lifetime that we really have to be concerned about. Because the worst thing that could happen to allow this child to go back into play with a concussion and then sustain a second concussion. Oh, no. Because oh. that could have catastrophic, catastrophic consequences for this child. It's something called second impact syndrome. And without scaring your parents today, um, it is a catastrophic injury that could even lead uh, to death. Oh so so it, it's something that we have to be concerned about. We have to also be concerned about sustaining a second concussion before um, all the symptoms of the first concussion have, have cleared. Yeah. If a child sustains that second concussion, the likelihood or the problems are going to be compounded and, and worse. So we want to make sure that that doesn't happen. But we want to make sure when the child returns to school, that the school system provides this child with the proper resources as well. Because it's not enough to say, well, let's make sure that, that your child doesn't return to to the ice to play hockey. But what, what happens the next day when they return into the classroom? Yeah. So, so we have to be concerned about that. And we have to make sure that, that the school system provides your child with the proper resources that they need. It might mean not taking a test on Tuesday morning. It might mean giving that child extra time or a tutor in school or an aide or instead of having the child read the instructions for some kind of activity, read it to them. Right. Or, or diminished homework, whatever the case might be, it's important for the school system and the teacher to be on the same page as you. About well, and I, I think that's really good advice because I think as parents, we need to know that we can advocate for that because we probably don't know that. Um, at least I, I didn't know that what what I have seen, you know, there's so many experiences where I've seen, you know, a couple of what you've what you've already talked about. One is, you know, where where a child has, you know, 
uh, gotten a hit, gone right back in because the coach says, no, you get back in there or their parents say, get back in there. You know, what if he's the best player, he or she is the best player um, in whatever sport they're playing. And uh, you know, you know, adults get jaded too, right? Put them back in. And, and I, I've seen um, kids like not making sense because like they've definitely have a concussion. You know, um, the, the good thing is though, um, at least where I am, where, where I live and, and the sports organizations that we're a part of, they all have uh, a concussion protocol. And the doctors will say, you know, if you have or are suspected of having a concussion, you know, no screens, no school, um, which is just, and no sports, right? Which is sort of torture for your teen, uh, your teen or your tween child, right? But you, you, your brain needs to heal, right? Well, we only have one brain and that brain has to last our whole life. And the brain controls every part of, of who we are and what we think and what we feel and, and what we do. Um, so we have to take care of that, that brain. Um, yeah. Even if it means not going back for a couple of days or a week to, yeah. to, to play, play again, um, we, we really have to, to manage that injury or that potential injury. But you're, even you're if it really, means you lose the game, even if it means you don't have your star player in, right? It does. It's not worth it. It's not worth right. it. And, and your your listeners can get more information when they go to our website www.brainlaw.com, where we have a lot of good information about sports injuries and what parents need to know and what parents need to think about when it comes to concussions, signs and symptoms of a concussion, and the, and the rest. Um, as well. Now, let me ask you, um, you know, I think that there's, there's always the usual suspects in terms of which activities, which sports cause the most concussions. Can you tell me uh, or tell everybody listening what, what those would be from, from what you've seen? Well, you know, contact sports, obviously, um, are the biggest causes of sports-related concussion with the most risk. But a concussion can take place in any sporting activity, even those that we really don't think about when it comes to hitting your head or concussions. So we have to take the proper precautions and safety follows safety rules in any sport. And it's not only in, in sports, it's in life itself because right. the best cure for a concussion is prevention. <laughs> a good one. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in, in the U.S., we have the Brain Injury Association of America. Um, and they, they have a saying which we really should keep in mind. Anytime, anyone, any place. So it could be from a fall, it yeah. could be in, in an automobile accident, it, it could be from a pedestrian being struck by a car, or walking down the street and having an object fall on you, um, right. being in a safe building. Um, concussions happen in all sorts of, of different ways. And they happen um, frequently to the very young, interestingly enough, very young children under the age of two. Yeah. Or 
senior citizens because of falls having nothing to do with sporting activities. Right, of course, of course, yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember my son one time falling kind of down the stairs a little bit when he was little and he'd got a big goose egg on his head. You know, we were just thinking it was a goose egg, but it might have been more, right? It's possible, isn't it? Yes, it is. So yeah. it's something that we really have to be concerned about and keep in, keep in mind. And when the child falls like that and gets a goose egg, or when you're concerned, the best thing is to bring that child, your child, to a pediatrician uh, to be checked out. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. So can you actually see current and past concussions in brain scans? Like, how, how do we really know definitively if there's a concussion? So that's a big problem. It's a big problem that we have as attorneys when we represent people with a brain injury, and it's a big problem for the medical profession itself because the MRIs or the CAT scans just are not sophisticated enough, sensitive enough to pick up the microscopic changes that happen in the brain, the chemical changes that sometimes happen um, that cause a concussion. Now there are, are new tests being developed, blood tests, one was recently approved by the FDA um, to, to determine whether a person had a concussion. But even if that test is negative, you can't still rule out the fact that a person might have had a concussion. So we're dependent right now on the signs and symptoms that a person has and the accident or event that occurred that might have caused the, the injury. Um, so there is really no good way for the medical profession through testing these radiological studies to determine whether or not a person sustained a concussion. A lot of it is just based upon the history and what the patient is complaining of. So it's important that we educate our children to tell us the truth yeah. and, and not hide their symptoms which frequently happens because they know if they tell us what happened or they tell the coach what happened or they complain about headaches or dizziness or sensitivity to light or sound or, or nausea, the coach will keep them out, which exactly. is what the coach, the coach should do. But if they don't tell the coach, then they're going to be allowed to go back to play. So it's important that we educate our children that they have to be truthful and, and come forward and tell us about these symptoms um, because again, it's more than just a ding. So we have to be careful about that. Well, I gotta be honest. I mean, I have a son that would definitely not want to tell me the truth because it means no devices, right? It means you can't even watch TV, right? I remember when he had one, he had a really bad hit from behind. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's, that's really true. I, I, Okay. about that. I think there's a certain period of rest that has to take place, but there's a gradual return to play. There's a gradual return to act, athletic yeah. activities that are allowed and the thinking that we need to keep someone in a dark room all quiet and all by themselves. 
um, j just is not where the medical profession is anymore about this. Right. Yeah. It's so, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The, and, and, and to clarify, it was just for like a day or two, whatever, but still for, for him at his age, you know, he was just like devastated that he would have to stay away from it. So, I mean, even those small things. Yeah. Um, and then I think, I think, okay, what about concussions over the course of a lifetime? You know, I think of like, I was mentioning my husband to you and that like my husband's played hockey all of his life, also played football, also played baseball, soccer, right? And those are impact sports. And um, I know, I mean, he's not so much the problem, but sometimes some of his friends, I wonder a little bit about, they, they might have some, um, I don't know if, is there a, like a post-concussion syndrome or, or something like that, but. Well, the long-term effects of a concussion or, or what the medical profession calls the post-concussion syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, but what you're talking about right now are some other devastating injuries that, that can happen as a result of multiple concussions or not even concussions, but just repetitive head trauma it yeah. doesn't reach the level of a concussion. We have to be concerned later in life about dementia, about this condition known as CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, and the behavioral changes that might take place, the behavioral problems in, in an individual as a result of repetitive head trauma. So it, it's something that we all have to be concerned about, something that we all have to to take very seriously. Um, and we're yeah. seeing that CTE in, uh, in, in people who are in the, in the army and the military, also some professional athletes. Is that not correct? Yes, we are. We're, we're seeing that uh, not only in professional athletes, we're, we're seeing that in amateur athletes as well, uh, who have been exposed to repetitive head trauma over the course of years without proper precautions being taken. And is there, you know, I'm thinking back to some news stories that I've heard. I mean, some sometimes this can this can seriously alter their their who they are, their mental state, their emotional state, and can create a whole different sort of person. Yes, unfortunately, that's true. Could lead to a host of problems, and and these individuals, unfortunately, are in increased risk for suicide as well. So that's something that we have to take very seriously. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, so let's, let's just, um, and thank you for that. I think it's just really important. Like this is no joke. It's serious. So when in doubt, keep them out. Right. And anytime, anywhere, anyone, right. I mean, this is really important. So what can we do to support our child if we think that they have one, if we're going to err on the side of caution, um, you know, what, what do you recommend that we do to, to support them and help them? Well, I, I think, as I said before, the first thing is that we need to educate them okay. about coming forward and telling us when they have these problems. And then when they have these problems, we, we have to make sure that we, we take them for a proper medical care, proper medical clearance, that we work with the school to make sure that they're getting the proper support in, in school. And when it comes to sports, we have to consider doing for our children at the start of every season, something known as baseline testing. 
Right, yes. So that's computerized testing where we can get a short profile of, of your child's cognitive functioning so that when we suspect the concussion has taken place, or we know that a concussion has happened, we could go back and retest them and compare their performance now to what it was at the start of, of the season to make a determination when they've had a, a recovery and when they haven't, what kind of assistance they're going to need. So um, these tests are very readily available now, these baseline tests. Um, and, and it's important that we, you as a parent work with your school, with the teams that your child is involved with, whether it's in school or not in school, and support the need for these schools and teams to do baseline testing on all these children at the start of every season. Yeah, I agree. So go, go back to and make that comparison. So I would say those are the most important supports that we, we could give. Um, but also acknowledging when this happens to your child, that is not a joke. Uh, and if they're making these complaints, uh, not to brush it off and not to, to say to them, well, you're just fooling around, you're pretending, you just don't want to do your homework. Um, <laughs> As, don't be a as, baby. Well, right, don't be a baby uh, about it. Take what they're saying seriously and, and acknowledge that these problems are, are real. Yeah. So, so let's let me clarify. Um, you know, just from from a mom perspective. So, um, if my child has a concussion and I follow the protocol and he rests and he has a, you know, a break at school and he does the things that he needs to do. Um, is he healed and will he have future issues or do we not know? Like, is it just, even if you take really good care? Well, you know, the good news is that most people who sustain a concussion have a good recovery. That's the good news. Okay. 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 Um, the bad news is that for those who we call the miser miserable minority who don't have a good recovery, which could be between 15 and 25% of individuals, um, that we have to be concerned about them and provide them with the necessary supports and rehabilitation that they need right. up and, and in the future. So it is, that's, that's the good and the bad that the parents need to know about the subject. Mm. And my guess is too that there, there could be those scenarios where you think it's healed, but it hasn't really healed, and then you withstand a second concussion, right? Or a second injury, right? Yeah, because unfortunately, you know, this happens, we see this in my law practice, um, and with individuals who've had a concussion, sometimes they don't realize the problems exist until they go back to work or go back to school right. and try to, to work in the way that they were working before. So they've been home for a day or two resting with headaches or nausea and those symptoms resolve and they think they're fine and now they go back to work and they discover, well, no, they're not fine. They're having problems. Sometimes people don't even realize that they have problems. It's because their their spouse is telling them, you're just not the same person anymore. That, um, 
you're just acting differently. You're forgetting things. You're leaving um, the pot on the stove with the gas on. Mm. You're doing things and being forgetful. This is not the way you were before. Um, So in, in our law practice, these are the people that we're going to interview, spouses, co-employees, people at work, people in school who have a chance to observe because sometimes the individual themselves doesn't even realize that they have a problem, which is is a big problem. Which is a big problem. No kidding. Yeah. When you're you're not self-aware, then yeah, that's, that's, that's a problem. Uh, Is there anything that people can do to speed the recovery process up or even heal old ones? Or I don't, I mean, I guess, can, can a concussion be unhealed and still and you still function for years or no? You, you know, I don't think you could really speed the process up. I, yeah. I, I think um, everybody's different. Every brain injury is different. Every concussion is different. And everybody has to be treated as an individual in, in, in that respect. But, but you can't heal the brain um, by trying to speed things up. It's <laughs> I can't heal it on my own terms? What do you mean? <laughs> it takes some right time. All right. <laughs> and it's going to take a different amount of time w- with it, everyone. Yeah. But you got to take it seriously because this is your brain. You only have one brain and the brain is the most important piece of, uh, of, of, of programming that we have, right? We need it for everything. So um, yeah, this is, this is really important to talk about. Uh, and I really appreciate this. Thank you for, you know, withstanding my questions because I am not a subject matter expert in any way, shape or form. Um, all I know is what, you know, I have come in, in, you know, come in contact with through my own life. So this is really great. And so for you, everything that you have is, uh, is on your website at www.brainlaw.com. And of course, in the parent toolbox, uh, we will have uh, uh, just a one pager just on what to look for, um, you know, what are symptoms, um, you know, emotional, physical, behavioral, cognitive, that sort of thing, just so parents have an idea of what to look for um, to help them out as well. So thank you for all of this. Thank you for your resources as well. And is there any last thing that you want to say or anything else um, resource-wise that you want to mention to to the listeners? Um, I I, I think it's just important for them to go get the help that they need when when they have a concussion or their loved one has a concussion um, and to become involved with their Brain Injury Association in Canada or if they're in the U.S., the Brain Injury Association of America and their state brain injury associations for support and for the resources that that exist. Um, And to know again, that all concussions have to be taken seriously because a concussion is a brain injury. Yeah, okay. Well, that is is really great. Thank you. And really the overarching message is take it seriously. Don't downplay it. Protect your kids and uh, make sure they're okay because this is their life, right? So um, all really helpful information. Thank you so much, Michael. Um, again, it's www.brainlaw.com. And, uh, and I just am so, uh, so grateful for you to talk about this really important subject. Thank you so much. Robin, thank you. And I look forward to coming back again, talking about other things with you. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.